Welcome to yet another episode of the Keep It or Change Cars podcast. It is proudly brought to you by Change Cars, South Africa's most trusted online car buying platform. If you're looking for a new car, used car, motorbike, whatever it is, get on to Change Cars and you won't be scammed. We proudly also endorse Discovery. If you're looking for insurance, I'm under Discovery or you. We'll get you on there soon enough. <laughs> no, I think it is three for three. <laughs> awesome. Now we've got uh, Adam Ford again joining us. Adam, are you well? Good to be back. Good Michael, to good to see you again. Appreciate you having me. Adam here. Ford, Michael Pursuit, the owner of Change Cars. Welcome. The proud owner of Change Cars. Proud owner. And proud to have you as the host. Thank you. So let's get into it. Our first question is from Selwyn. He's uh, 47 years old and he's self-employed and he's from Nolspruit in Pumalanga. Now he probably drives a bucky. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Smart. He does drive a bucky, actually. So he wants to get our opinion on his 2009 um, Toyota Hilux T4D double cab with, believe it or not, 563,000 Ks on the clock. For me, that alone is just absolutely incredible. When I tell people that Toyotas will do 500,000 plus, they say, yeah, but you're that. I say, trust me, mm. I guarantee you unopened engine. I mean, obviously, we're going to hear his question. Isn't that incredible, Adam? No, it's normal. Okay. That's it's normal. That, so people, that's people don't think that's normal, right? Yeah. People fuss about 200,000 Ks, 300. I mean, 500, half a million. 500 plus. Remember but is it fair to say, just quickly, your average German car that you would expect to do that won't do that? No, and we talked about this in the last show. Remember, we were talking about quality of cars. Sure. And I'm mm. saying quality, you know, what is quality? Quality is this. Mm. It may not, uh, you know, feel quality or look quality or whatever, but that's 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 what you want sure. in a car. You want to buy a car and you want it to do... 563,000 Ks. That's right. And you're phoning in for what sort, of, what sort of silly question? Has he got flat tire or something? Well, not really silly. So he's at the Bucky since brand new and he says he's never missed a single service on the Bucky um, and he services it at the same Toyota dealership every single time. So he wants to know if you should consider overhauling the engine um, considering the fact that it uses a liter of oil between services. There is no smoke in the car, he says. And he says performance has improved over time. Fuel consumption has decreased by 8%. So it means it got better. It got better by 8%. That's incredible. So what are your guys' thoughts? Um, I would say just keep on driving it. You know, there's a lot of European cars, you know, that uh, would put in a liter of oil every time you put petrol in the car. So um, one liter in 10,000 kilometers, absolutely nothing. nothing. Um, If you weigh up the cost of it, if you're going to rebuild an engine, something like that's going to cost you maybe 50, 60,000 Rand to do it. That's a hell of a lot of oil you can buy. You can just buy yourself, you know, if you're going to a Toyota dealer, go to a Toyota dealer and ask them for a couple of liters of their oil and the oil they're putting in it. Put it in the garage, check it when you need to just top it up. No, keep the car. Don't but do I think that. what is key here, he mm. mentioned the performance has mm. not uh, gone down. No. So that immediately says there's yeah. no fundamental problem with the engine. Sure. The fuel consumption has improved. Mm. It's very simple. Mm. That engine, for want of a better description, is so loose now. A liter of oil, as Adam said, is absolutely nothing. Yes, I remember no. a BMW 325 I bought in the mid-90s. I was using half a liter, one, one pint. Mm. Every thousand fifteen hundred so, kilometers. So help me understand yeah, Where does the oil go? If it's just not natural smoking? burn, just natural burn. It's just going through the valves, going mm-hmm. through the exhaust. So I always people say to me, my car is using oil. You know, I must check it. Where's it coming from? There's only two places oil comes from. Mm. It either leaks on the floor or it goes out your exhaust. <laughs> it's as <laughs> so simple as. Are you focusing on Land Rover or are you focusing on the Toyota in this? I've got a Land Rover. I don't have oil leak <laughs> yet. 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 <laughs> no, but really, if if your car is using oil. Um, one liter per 10,000 kilometers is absolutely nothing. When you're getting more than, let's say, a half a liter for every tank full, 
then it's something to consider sure. because then you'll have smoke coming out the exhaust. You know, you're going to have pollutants going into the air mm. and that oil will end up in your air filters and create uh, lots of other issues. That's when you sort of worry about it. But uh, one liter in 10,000 Ks, nothing to worry but about. But one of the things specifically someone said was there was no smoke. When people talk about smoke, am I right in saying generally on startup, escaping through valve stem seals on a petrol, yeah. little leak, a hard acceleration. If a car's using oil, oh. you will notice it. Yeah. This yeah. car's not burning and oil. It smells foul as correct, well the correct yeah no, no, nothing to worry about okay really nothing to worry about what we, what do you reckon you'll get there i mean again it's not it's not a, in terms of mileage yeah, the yeah, how far that will never that engine should never give up well eventually obviously like everything it's a mechanical part it will wear out but it just goes to show good servicing and maintaining your vehicle you can get long longevity out of it you're getting he's he's talking 600,000 kilometers mm. out of a car he's got his money out of money's worth out of that car when it clocked 250,000 k correct correct from there to now he's just reaping the benefits of it and now i promise you ideally in this the toyota quantum 2.5 diesel fundamentally the same engine as a 3 yeah, liter it's, it's basically okay. the same thing million kilometers really only the clutch done and one diff, not a gearbox, Jeez. not an engine. And those things work. 100%. Tour operator runs it between Joburg and Sun City, so predominantly open yeah. road mileage, yeah. but a million kilos. So when you've got 400,000 kilos <laughs> to, go to go before you even look at the record. Wow. Driving a car on long distance is always great for it because it's always mm. at its operating temperature. The cars that are the worst cars is when Stop start. when I Stop buy start. Michael when I buy your granny's car. You know your granny's Toyota Taz that you drove and it's only done forty thousand kilometers and she's had it for twenty five years. The minute you take it on the highway, it explodes and just drops its guts all over the highway. So the best cars are actually sometimes better to buy a car with high mileage. For mm. sure, that's been done in a short period of time than that, one that's got no mileage. It's done in a long sure. period. Now of time. talking about petrol, for example. A 25-year-old car that's got 50, 60,000 Ks. You wouldn't be opening it up naturally, but if you took that piston and you could look at it, it will have carbon on top of that piston. Am I right? That's normal. That's absolutely normal from the from the uh, pollutants that go yeah. into it, the, the combustion process, you will get that. But now that same Conquest, 250,000 kilos on the open road, would there be less carbon on the uh, piston? Not necessarily. Um, you know, you must remember that the wear is, uh, what's on top of the piston has absolutely got nothing to do with anything, really. It's yeah. where the bore is worn and the piston to bore clearance sure. is where your oil consumption comes from. And the only way you do that, I mean, we see that when in my workshop, when we take engines apart and we measure the bore and measure the piston and see the tolerances there. And then there is obviously specified tolerances. If they're out of those tolerances, you need to rebore it and put new pistons in. But nowadays we get engines, you take a part that's done half a million kilometers and there's absolutely zero wear in the bores. Of course. Mm, yeah. We just need to mention to Selwyn also that when he does want to sell it, change cars <laughs> would still love to buy it. Of absolutely. course. Of course. So, Salwan, do not overhaul. Keep it and keep driving. Correct? Correct. Lovely. Change Cars proudly endorses Apps of Vehicle Finance for your dream car. Today's clearly uh, a day for the legendary Toyota Hilux. Our next question, actually, is about the Hilux again. Um, this time it's a 2.7 litre petrol, 2015. And the question comes from Faisal in Paris. Basil wants to know uh, what our opinion is on his fuel consumption. So he wants to know whether he's bought a lemon or not. He feels like the fuel consumption in this car is way, way too high. So he says, despite driving largely on open roads between Paris and Bloemfontein or Paris and Pretoria, um, he says he can't get anything less than 12 liters per hundred. 
is that normal for the Legion? Wow, he gets 12 liters 100 out of a 2.7 highlights. He's doing well. He should, in, he should enter it into one of those economy runs. He should win it. <laughs> because that's one thing about those 2.7s. Yeah, they are yeah. very heavy on juice. I actually yeah. have, I've got one of those buckies at, at work we use as a runaround. Mm. And my staff don't even want to use it. They, don't, they used to. Can I borrow the bucky? Sure, take the bucky. And they come back on the Monday. I say, no, I don't want to use it again. Why not? Well, I just went and fixed, fetched a motorbike from a mate of mine, came back, and I used a tank of juice. They're very heavy on really? Inherently heavy. Mm. That same yeah. engine, mm. I spoke about the Toyota Quantum mm. for our last question. Mm. The 2.7 uh, VVTi is used in the Toyota yeah. Quantum mm. as well. Yeah. Give you an example. Joburg to Nelspreit and a Quantum diesel. My drivers will get there with a half a tank of fuel. They will literally just get there. Well, on three tanks. <laughs> Excellent engine in yeah. terms of longevity. Yeah. The kind of mileage that the gentleman got out of his uh, Hilux 500,000 plus. Yeah. I think you will do that on the petrol as well. Yeah, mine's on 450,000. No like problems. That. But the question specifically was regarding his fuel consumption. Yeah. Has he bought a lemon? He's mm -hmm. bought a sweet lemon. So his it's lemon beautiful. is quite sweet. Yeah, 12 just, liters per hundred. You, you know what? You, you're getting a bulletproof reliable car there. So you're spending a little bit more for fuel, yeah. but you're not spending it on the maintenance of it because they're really good cars. You mm -hmm. could have bought something else that was a bit more fuel efficient, but you'll spend money on the maintenance. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts. And it's often people don't realize that. Yeah. For every negative, there's, there's a, positive. a positive. I often use a saying in the motor trade, if the one was definitively better, the other wouldn't exist. You've got a petrol and you've got a diesel. Yeah. If there was no pros to the one and only cons, the other wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah, so very true. I do like the car. Yeah. And Faisal, 12 liters per 100, well done. Good, You've got right. a light right foot. He mentioned lemons. Now we want to talk about lemons. Every manufacturer has a lemon. And one of them, Toyota, I can remember. Do you remember the Toyota Innova? Innova, yeah. Innova, however yeah. you pronounce that. Please, when you come on the show, pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, no, Innova, yeah. that, that was a lemon. Why? Because it had the wrong engine in it. It had the 2.7 petrol engine in it. 100%. And people bought it and they drove them for a couple of months. 7, 8 CT, if I remember. It was like 7, 7, 8 CT. Yeah. But Again, just mm. never worked. It was, it was ugly. Yeah. That didn't do it any favors. But had a one gas guzzler engine in it. 100%. Yeah. Completely the wrong engine. I didn't even think about the Innova. Yeah. Innova. That, that's, that's a lemon. Although it's a great car, but it's not, not one you want as a family car because you're just going to, you can't afford your kids' school fees because you're putting <laughs> fuel, so much fuel in that thing. Having said that, if you've got a big family and you're looking for a six, seven, eight seater uh -huh. in the 80,000 Rand range today, there are quite a few of them on the market. Never been popular. It's not an Avanza type popular. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's got, very a, it's got a distinct noise, that engine, if I remember. It's got a high ribbing. Like a whine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got a, it's got a, very, has it got a viscose fan? Yeah. That's why you yeah. hear that. It's sh idle. It's like so, yeah. It, sound, it sounds nice. Sounds nice. Sounds nice to you. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Looking to buy a new or used car? Visit changecars.co.za. So our next question is from Lehonolo. Um, he's 39 years old from Brits in the Northwest and he wants us to make him happy before his 40th birthday. So I'm guessing answering his question. Send him flowers. That'll make him happy. Oh, send him flowers. <laughs> make him happy, Michael. <laughs> so the problem he's having um, relates to an ongoing issue with an Econ unit that he had fitted to his 2019 Nissan Impendulo 16-seater. I'm assuming that's a quantum equivalent. Correct. Only made in petrol, yeah. though, and that was the reason that that vehicle's been discontinued on the South African market. Okay. The taxis never took to them. Yeah. Ludicrously. Obviously. If the gentleman with a 2.7 uh, Hilux thinks he's got high fuel consumption, yeah. go drive this car. The it is, you know, you've got to look at sometimes in the motor manufacturers and think sometimes you guys make some dumb decisions. Correct. Yeah. You know, you know, do you not know the market? 
You should know by now that, you know, 10,000 Quantums sold a month. Why? Because they got diesel engines. If in I come into a market, yeah. I need to copy and do better than what my competitors are doing. Yeah. Think about that. Copy mm. and do better. Mm. Now you go and not copy and you do worse than what Carrying they're doing. Carrying lemons. 100%. And you wonder why it's, it's flop. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, what crazy, is his crazy. problem? So the problem is he bought the car brand new and he ordered it with aircon from the factory. The bus arrived and it had no aircon. Big problem, right? Because they come standard without aircon. Okay. Um, and and this dealership in Pretoria then had one fitted for him after the fact in their workshop. Now, the issue he's having is that the engine management lights keeps being triggered every time he turns the aircon on. Now, it can easily be reset from what I understand. Um, but every time he switches on the aircon, the light comes on. And he says he's been asking for help on this issue because despite uh, the best efforts of the dealership, the problem is still not being resolved. What can he do? He needs our advice. How much do you know about this? Because yeah. unfortunately, you've got an intricate knowledge, just pure luck because of the taxi mm, business. Let him go, yeah. Close the dealership down if they can't fix it. <laughs> Burn well, it. well let's, let's have a look at it. First of all, as, as Mark said, mm. those vehicles don't come with standard with, with uh, air cons. So they get shipped out. The dealer doesn't fit them. It'll get shipped out to an aftermarket uh, place that fits air cons to the vehicle. I never knew so that they, happened. Yeah, so right. It's common. It's a common process. So if, if you're buying a vehicle that doesn't have an aircon, there's not many of them around nowadays, obviously. But if you do buy a vehicle that doesn't have an aircon, it goes to an aftermarket place that fits a non-manufacturer's um, OEM, yeah. OEM um, aircon. And what they've done is they've obviously connected because that aircon needs a supply of uh, power and sensors and things like that to it. And what they've obviously done is they've connected it into the wrong wiring harness somewhere. And every time they put the power on, it's putting a fault up on the engine management system. So they've wired it up wrong. That's all it is. And I'm surprised that the Nissan dealer can't fix it. And I know why, because they never fitted it. They need to send it back to the guy mm. that installed it and say, install the thing properly and don't give it back to him until it's right. Uh, you've absolutely nailed it. I can tell you right now, factually, mm. two in a hundred came from Nissan Japan with the aircon factory fitted. He ordered it with a factory aircon. Yeah. What they did was they gave him a vehicle that didn't have a factory aircon. The problem is when they wire it, Exactly that. Incompetent. There's no other word. Mm -hmm. It's incompetent. So, so it, just yeah. for me, um, he orders it with aircon, selects aircon on there, yeah. and Correct. it gets delivered without aircon. Correct. So, because so few of them came into South Africa mm. with aircon, mm. 98 out of 100 were available with uh, without the aircon. Okay. All they did was they took okay. an aftermarket aircon compressor, yeah. fitted it, and tapped into the wiring yeah, harness. It's a cost thing. You see, when you advertise the vehicle that it's cheaper than your competitor, then you go and look in and say, oh, but I want an aircon. 100%. You know, as opposed to, that's why Quantums do so well. Why? Because yeah. when you go to the factory and say, I want, I want a Quantum, it comes in the aircon standard. Yeah. Mm. But an interesting yeah. anomaly about this vehicle, and we're going to tell him how to sort it out. Mm. An interesting anomaly, those Nissan Impendulas are prone to the engine management light coming on. I can tell you right now, when it comes on, zero difference. Makes doesn't retard the performance. It does nothing. So keep driving. Keep driving, no problem. You go fill that car up with fuel. Mm. It doesn't like the quality of fuel you put in. We have it. Did you hear he said it's easy to reset? Yeah. It's How do you reset simple. the engine warning light there without a computer? Well, a lot of times if you just switch the car off and restart it, it sometimes goes off or they disconnect the battery. Disconnect the battery, touch the two terminals. You see that little spark, yeah. put it back, it's gone. Yeah. And that's what he's guaranteed doing. But how do you sort it out? How does he sort it out? Easy. Yeah. Take it to another Nissan dealership. Tell them it's the first time it's happening. Let them start again. 
miracles will happen. Mm -hmm, These guys are doing the same thing again and again, okay. and it's not sorting it out. Okay, they're going to find out again. Maybe I'm wrong. There's a wire that's earthed incorrect. Mm -hmm. Something small. Take it to a new dealership. It's like a doctor. Sometimes you've got a problem, <laughs> go to another doctor or don't pay the account. Yeah. He'll give you another six months to live. Yeah. My dad always used to say, if your doctor gives you six months to live, mm -hmm. don't pay the account. He'll give you another, <laughs> give six, another months. six months. <laughs> okay. But would you agree with that going to another dealership completely? Definitely. It's somebody looking at it with uh, fresh eyes. They'll, and resolve the they'll, they'll pick it up. And remember that vehicle would be under warranty. Mm -hmm. So there would be no cost involved. Yeah. And especially since it has been raised from the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. So even if you didn't tell them, but they really do dig deep, they'll say, wait a second, it's not the first time, it's mm. the 17th time it's been raised. And listen, I must say, are very good with that. Okay. I Shout love having you guys over here. South Africa. Yeah, shout out to Nissan SA. <laughs> you guys know your stuff. That's why you're here. Um, and thank you for that. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would have figured this one out. Change Cars proudly endorses Absa Vehicle Finance for your dream car. All right, so the next one is from Mr. Johan Swartmenier. He's 75 from Worcester in the Western Cape. Well pronounced, Kugu. Very one? well pronounced. <laughs> Johan Swart's easy, but Worcester, I'm impressed. Worcester. Not like the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he needs advice on the following, right? Um, he just needs to know, does he buy a turbocharged, supercharged, or naturally aspirated car. Not for him. So he's looking for a small vehicle for his granddaughter who lives in Cape Town and he just wants to spoil her. But there's a catch, right? He wants a detailed explanation or detailed reasons for the choices, whether turbo, supercharged, naturally aspirated, which one and why? Who are you starting with? You this time. Well, Regarding supercharged, I don't think there's yeah. too many cars that are supercharged in the smaller category. No. Supercharged is for big, big powerful engines. engines. Yeah. Personally, a couple of key points. Mm -hmm. His daughter lives in the Western Cape. Mm -hmm. So if she was in Gauteng or any inland province, it would have been not negotiable. Has to be a turbo. Personally, I would still go for a turbo. Yourself, Adam? Depends on what sort of vehicle you want. You know, And it depends on the sort of performance you need. And the gearbox, auto manual. Well, you know, I would certainly recommend for a youngster to go for a manual. I think, always think it's great for young people to learn how to drive properly first. Mm. Once you've learned how to work a manual gearbox, move on to an automatic, you know, if you want to, because the traffic. And I mean, modern day automatics are very good. So move on to an automatic later on. But always learn on a manual so you learn how to drive it. Because one day you want to go hire a car and they haven't got autos and you got to drive a manual how do you do it you know this is in 2045 yeah. because there will be no manuals left <laughs> no, in the sure. world I mean, it's, it's going to happen i mean already now you know what 80 percent of the cars sold are yeah, automatic also. you know i would say western cape you don't need all that performance because you're at sea level you've got uh, enough performance out of a car you buy a uh, a small car that's reliable that uh, is fuel efficient and it's trouble free. Modern day turbo cars are very reliable, they're fairly they good. Are. But do you want to give a youngster a car that goes like a rocket, you know? Or do you want to give a youngster a car that's reliable, more than enough performance? So it all depends on budget. You can go for anything from like a uh, Suzuki Swift, mm -hmm. Suzuki Bellino, which are non turbocharged cars, or you can go to turbo car charge cards like you know you could get a suv like a vwt rock or something it's a one liter turbocharged but if engineer. you took the suzuki Beleno, which i think is an exceptional exceptional car you can buy that car all the with, toyota starlet 
So the Toyota Starlet, magnificent car, the Suzuki Baleno, same car mechanically, but I personally just like the Suzuki more. I think it looks nicer and it's got a bit more tech. But let's use the Baleno as an example. Take a Toyota Urban Cruiser, take a Suzuki Brezza, take a Nissan Magnite. What else would you use? Kia Picanto. The yeah. Magnite is the only one, as far as I know, that is turbocharged in that category. Well, it's got the Renault um, three-cylinder, one-liter. Mm. One I need to shout that. Yeah, sorry. Renault engine in it, turbocharged, one-liter turbo. But what will be a nicer drive for a young lady? The Belena, all day long. I wouldn't. I've driven the Magnite. Not a great car. Tinny. Not a great car compared to the Kaiga. Well, the Kaiga is basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But the, no, but the Magnite's better, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I, I would go for the Belena. But Johan's going to buy, when he's finished with yeah. us, either the Belena or the Magnite. You going with the Belena? I would buy Can't that fault all day it. long. Yeah, I would buy that all day long yeah. because of the simplicity, the yeah. ease of it, the the, less, the lack of, uh, you know, things like turbochargers that can fail. Yeah. And uh, it's... It's just a, a nicer package. Sure. And you're going to save yourself a lot of money. Sure. Now, Johan asked specifically why we would say normally aspirated, mm. why we'd say turbo. Mm. I think you've covered it there. The turbo is just one more thing that Sorry can about. go wrong. Mm. And sadly, if I say to you, what is the number one reason, in your opinion, that turbos uh, fail? Um, it's most probably lack of service. That's it's probably because the one thing a turbo always wants is nice, good, clean oil. Sure. And manufacturers have these long service intervals on cars which they do because when they're new, then you can get a, give you a 15,000 kilometer service yep. interval. That means under warranty, they give you, let's say a 60,000 kilometer service plan. They only have to do four services. If they do it every 10,000 Ks, Way better. that's six, six services. It costs them more. So one of the biggest problems with turbo failure is of course, uh, lack of oil changes. But for me, it's one, uh, something else. Driving driver out, abuse. hey? Yeah, driver piece. You're driving on like the highway mm. to Bloemfontein, to mm. Pretoria, driving at 120, 130. That turbo is spinning at anything up to 200,000 revolutions per minute. Mm -hmm. A turbo works hard. Mm. The guy pulls into the Shell Ultra City. He's just been driving at 140, driving hard. What does he do? Switches it off. That turbo is boiling. Mm. You get home, you get to the garage, let it idle for 30 seconds okay we've got turbos on mercedes sprinters buses mm. 50 60 70,000 kilos turbo's gone same vehicle three four hundred thousand kilos turbo not giving a day's trouble how Just do how you, you treat it how, how do you uh compare those mm. two but you understand what happens when when you switch the car off you get a thing called heat soak so when you switch something off that's hot it will actually get hotter before it starts to cool down correct mm. so so what happens the turbocharger actually absorbs the heat when it's switched off because there's no coolant going through it to cool it down. There's no air flowing. Mm. So the temperature rises and then it starts to fall down. So when it rises, it boils the oil because the oil is now so hot inside the turbocharger that lubricates the turbocharger and it starts to crystallize. It's a bit like cholesterol in your heart, in your veins. Sure. And eventually the, the uh, oil feed to it gets blocked up. There's not enough oil going through. It doesn't get lubricated properly. It doesn't get cooled properly and it fails. Modern day turbocharged are good. A lot of them are good for 200,000 Ks, but some are 50, 60,000 Ks. I'm yeah. busy fixing an M4 at the moment with yeah. two turbochargers at 75,000 Ks. Yes. They kaput. Why? Obviously, it's an M4. You know, people don't grandly oh, sure. drive M4s. But now, something yeah. interesting as well 
cost of a turbocharger repair is not quite as high as some people think it is. What would it cost to do it cost effectively, not to the BMW agent? Average average um, turbocharger nowadays, if it's a single turbocharged car, you're looking in the region, depending, varies from car to car, but an average would be about 15,000 rand. Okay. Now that is not cheap, but that is not, not an engine overall. If you buy a new turbocharger from the dealer, oh, yeah. you can- Quadruple that. Yeah, double it, quadruple it, whatever Oof. you like, yeah. That can be very wow. expensive. Okay, so what have you we... learned something today, Google? I've learned quite a bit. <laughs> I've learned quite we, a bit. We, we've tried our hardest. <laughs> That's what thirty years. What thirty years ahead? Yeah. 30 Com years? combined sixty. Combined. So, so uh, our viewer listener should go and buy a normally aspirated car like a Bellino, even mm. something like a Honda Jazz. Or but I'd also add, guys, like that. naturally aspirated cars with automatic gearbox, especially small capacity en engines. They can be dogs at times. You might want to buy it in manual. If you're used to driving an M3, definitely. <laughs> but if, you, if you've if you got, you know, the grandchild who's 18 or 21 or whatever They want to know the difference. They don't want a race car. They yeah. want a car that gets them from A to B, that's For lights sure. on fuel. Um, I mean, most girls yeah. don't drive around like lunatics. It's the boys that do that. You know, fair, so the girls fair. just want something that's good, reliable. They can go out with their mates for a jaw and know it's never going to break down them, not going to give them hassle, take away all the sort of things Headaches. that can fail on it. But again, Johan, for his granddaughter, first, I think it's a lovely gesture, but he's got lovely choices. Yeah. If you said to me, can he go wrong with a turbocharged vehicle? Definitely not. Will he go wrong with a normally aspirated? No. Definitely not. Manual, automatic, same thing. I would say, nice you prefer manual. manual. 1.5 liter, 1.6 liter, 1.4 liter, normally aspirated thing. You'd have a On great change car. On changecars.co.za, I think there's a couple available. Them, eh? yeah. I'll even find a for it. Guys, thank you so much for your time. It really, really is invaluable. I appreciate having you both in here all the time. And if you need any motoring related advice, whether it be car advice, bike advice, insurance, whatever it is, Email us, podcast at changecars.co.za and we will do our utmost best to answer your question. For South Africa's best motoring content, catch all things motoring on DSTV channel 189 and on YouTube. New episodes every week.